everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. We are here with Real Extra, and it is a real... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> and it is a real... <laughs> real special Real Extra. Yeah, it's this one's neat. Real Spectra. Specs... Anyway, it's diff it's <laughs> different than normal. Um, yeah. So, it, it, a little background... Backstory. Uh, back... Pedal? Info. <laughs> Let me backpedal this intro. <laughs> hey guys, real extra. It's different. Here's why. Uh, the we're going through our normal looking at comics for the week, and we pick up this book called Revealer. Yes. And we're like, oh hey, this looks cool. It looks good, and it's got Tim Seeley's name on it. And I'm a huge Tim Seeley fan, so uh, excitement. And it's a horror book. It's a you horror guys book. know we love horror books. Very neon, very 80s, coming out of Vault comics uh and that is out this week so check it out but yeah. as we were looking at that we were like oh what on the cover it said now a hit movie on shutter the streaming service for horror movies and sure enough uh the book itself was actually a promotional book uh and tie-in book for this wonderfully charming 80s horror movie uh, that premiered on Shudder this week. So you can also go check that out. And that is what we are going to talk about. We are going to talk about the movie Revealer. It is a Shudder original. It is written by uh, Tim Seeley, who is probably most known for Hack Slash, classic Cassie Hack uh, in the comic sphere, just a well-known character. Uh, he also has done many, many different things, including one of my favorite books called Money Shot, um, and then it's also written by Michael Morisi, uh, who I think is probably best known nowadays for some of his work on Star Wars stuff. Uh, but I more recently know him from another one of my recent favorites, which is Barbaric. Um, these two gentlemen got together with the, the director of this movie uh, and put together the movie. And it's cool. It's two comic book writers having a screenplay and making a movie. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Revealer is about two young ladies in the end of times, during the end of times. One of them is a mighty warrior for God protesting all the sins in the world. And one of them is a stripper at a adult bookstore peep show area. R room. <laughs> theater building yeah um they're very very different very odd couple but they are forced together to work together in 1980s chicago uh when the book of revelations comes true t thoughts i really enjoyed this so to preface chris and i both love some horror movies mm -hmm. we did not have to pay something new in order to get Shudder. We'll put it that way. Yeah, we have it. We already have Shudder. We love Shudder. We love horror movies. I was honestly so excited that we get to do a real extra on a horror movie because that never freaking happens. Yeah. The closest we got was the recent Doctor Strange and, to some extent, the recent Thor movie. Different reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was super excited that we were going to get to do a horror movie, but I was also tempering my expectations because 
Sometimes Shutter Originals really provide, and sometimes Shutter Originals are the equivalent of a sci-fi or original. And you go, there have definitely been some absolute stankers. <laughs> and and that's okay, you know? There's room for all types and levels and and capabilities of horror movies in the world. Some are going to be awful, some are going to be great. And so I went in with low expectations because I just sort of assumed there's probably not a huge budget. And honestly, you could tell there wasn't a huge budget, but that didn't hinder it at all. If anything, it kind of gave it more charm. Um, the writing was really well done. Props to the comic writers writing a script that felt well adapted to a, a, a screen. Um, the acting was actually pretty solid. They relied really heavily on light and atmosphere and mm. the setting to set the stage. And so they didn't overuse CGI that was bad and cheap. They didn't overuse um, like weird techniques or, or, or special effects. Like it just felt kind of like an 80s horror movie. They used some what felt like practical effects and they just yep. moved on. And it was actually really good. It had a good message. I I enjoyed it. I was really surprised. Yeah. For a low budget indie film, it was pretty good. Yeah. It, you know, was it one of the best things I've ever seen? No, Absolutely it had not. some slow moments. There was a lot of it relied really heavily on the two leads. It was yes. mostly them kind of existing and interacting. While there were a few creature effects uh in which which were handled well. Yeah. Um in that they were done with decent enough lighting to hide imperfections. Any, any imperfections yeah. or anything that might be. Um, they looked good to me. Yeah. I, I don't have any real nitpickiness. Uh, there were a few CGI moments that you could tell were CGI, but you know, I've had this conversation with a lot of people and specifically about all the She-Hulk stuff that's going on. And it's, we need to stop pretending that CGI has to look a hundred percent photo real and look like an organic creature or we can't accept it. Suspend your disbelief a little bit. It's fine. It's totally fine. You know? Especially when we're never ever apparently going to pay CGI people what they're worth. <laughs> True. And it's, you know, people rave all the time about how realistic video games are getting. And while there are ones that are really incredible, like God of War and things like that, a lot of the others that get a lot of cred for being really graphically sound if you were to put them right next door to a real person it would look weird yeah cgi doesn't have to we're not at a point where we can consistently produce cgi effects that are a hundred percent photo real organic and feel natural yeah it's getting there it's getting close we're very very close but we're not there yet the fidelity's just so not because there of yet. that we need to stop making things that are on a lower budget, like horror movies and sci-fi movies and stuff TV that function shows. on a lower budget. We need to stop hyper-judging those by the standards set by big blockbuster films that don't even really treat their VFX people properly. Anyway, there was some VFX stuff that, you know, wasn't was high-end, but it worked. It looked good, you know? It looked to the same quality of some of the really, really cool, like, VFX 
horror people on like TikTok and Instagram and stuff. Yeah. You know, they're pumping out some really scary, cool stuff. So it was good. Um, you know, the, the leads, like I said, pretty much carried a lot of the scenes in that it was a lot of them interacting and them kind of telling their stories through their interaction. Uh, and Cato Ace, who played Angie, and Shayna Shruton, who played Sally, uh, did an incredible job under the direction of Luke Boyce. Just wanted to get some names out. For they people. had some really good chemistry. Like, they, they really, did really a did. good job. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, some of the beats narratively were a bit predictable you know there were some tropes there like oh i'm the i'm the other side of the tracks character but you know as you find out more about me you find out that i actually have a big open heart and i'm the hyper religious one but when you find out more about me you find out that i'm lying to myself but at the same time i kind of liked how they handled her character specifically um in that while it was, without spoiling anything, while it was like, oh, surprise, she's not as pious as she seems, uh, Sally never really stopped being Sally. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times yeah. in that it's like, oh, look, you know, they're not as pious as they seem because it's all a facade and they're really terrible and look right. at how awful they are. And Sally was just struggling because of... Internal the influence qualms. of things around her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she felt one way and everyone around her was telling her to feel another way. And that was a problem. And she never really stopped being her or just like dumped religion entirely as far as we know. Yeah. And I, I think that's cool. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a softer take on the trope of like, look at this hyper religious person learning that their religion isn't all it's cracked up to be or whatever. Right. I also you know? think those tropes felt more pal palatable because they said it in an 80s sitting. Mm -hmm. um, I have found personally that tropes feel more <clears throat> like manageable when you put it in a very like iconic or very like specific time-based setting where you would expect those tropes to be in those movies too like we anticipate yeah. those tropes in like a movie from the 80s and so when you set it in the 80s it kind of has that vibe so i'm not saying that it's not tropey yeah, but you're kind of like oh okay it makes it easier to get away with it yeah exactly <laughs> exactly you know, it's it's still a crime, but less people are going to come after you for it. But it, it wasn't bad. Like, I'm no. not saying that the tropes were bad. It was just, it was a little tropey, but it was fine. Uh, as T mentioned, the use of lighting, really, really solid. I really enjoyed the use of lighting. The cinematography was wonderfully campy. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, film students would tear it apart, but I don't listen to them anyway, so... Uh, I liked it there. <laughs> Brad, whose favorite movie is The Joker, you can suck it. <laughs> I liked the camp of the cinematography. Canted shots and shaky cams are fun sometimes. Live it up, Brad. Some um, of us liked the camp of the 80s, and we're yeah. excited when it gets reflected in more modern movies being about the 80s like mm. it gives it that extra like vibe you know yeah. what i mean soundtrack was great love the soundtrack 
very vapor wavy, very like 80s techno. Really cool. It also didn't do the thing that sucks sometimes where you know that they have a limited budget for the soundtrack. And so they'll introduce songs that are just not great. Yeah. Or the lyrics yeah, are like it, really overpowering and you're like, yeah. what What are we doing here? It definitely <laughs> felt like, you know, a lot of these, there are, okay, exactly. This is a good segue because this is what I was going to segue into. I watch a lot of these movies that are like lower budget movies um, and are like horror movies. And I don't really know how to describe them. I've often like described them in my head as uh like middle class la movies and i don't know if that makes sense (laughs) it's hard to explain they're low budget you seem like you have a cast that is like has been working and grinding in like la for a while right the cast seems like that group of people yeah and they seem like they might know each other and what usually comes with that is two things uh, one, well, I guess three things, one, an overabundance of, uh, just like sex tits comedically, like comedically over the top pimp characters and stuff like that. You know what right. I mean? Like, you know, I, I think of the pimp character from, uh, uh, Pastor. Oh Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of vibe. Like you've got characters like that that are just like way over the top, gross, and just for the sheer sake of sake having of it. being shocking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like you've got gross out horror, which I've always had a problem with. Right. I've always had a problem with horror movies that are like, hey, look, poop now. Yeah. And this person's vomiting. Isn't that gross? I just don't, I don't think it. You know, I, I'm willing to argue it with horror fans until I'm blue in the face. I don't think it has uh, any grounds in horror. Horror fans will constantly talk about how it's like, oh, but it didn't it unsettle you? Didn't it shock you? And the, the example I always like to use is like, if I come home from being gone for two days and there's poop on my bed, right? Right. I'm going to be grossed out. Yeah. No matter what. Yep. If I have pets, I'm going to be like, one of the dogs, one of the cats pooped on the bed. Right. If I don't have pets, I'm going to be more unsettled, but not because of the poop. Because because I don't know who did the poop. Right. The existence of the poop. (laughs) Even in that scenario, which is a scary scenario involving something gross, I'm not scared of the gross. I'm not afraid of the poop. I'm afraid of... The person still, the right. dread, the tension. That's what makes horror, not the poop. Anyway, <laughs> um, thank you for coming to my TED talk on poop and horror. Uh, and then number three, soundtrack. They, the director, the person running, the you know producing it, goes out to their friends who are probably musicians in L.A. Right, and are grinding in L.A. And they get them to do songs for their movie. And a lot of times, not always. Not always. Not always local L.A. artists. But a lot of times, (laughs) 
I've experienced some really crappy music because of that. It's either butt rock or butt pop. Yeah. And it's not good. And I'm being <laughs> hyper negative for the sake of making a point. But, uh, you know, those are three things I expect when I kind of see these lower budget films. Yeah. Uh, and we watch a lot of these, particularly around the holidays. You see a lot of these are the like Christmas horror movies. Yes. And some of them are really good and really funny. And then some of them do one or all three of those things that I mentioned. Like, oh, we can't license any real Christmas songs. So I know this guy named Gary. He's <laughs> in a band called Fist Lickers. And they're going to do a Christmas song for us. And it's going to be great. And then they do the Christmas song. And it's horrible. It's not great. But they're like, you know, you just, you can see the director being like, Gary, I used your song in the scene. Come on down. I'm going to show you it. Come down to the studio. I'm going to show you. They go in and he's got it up on Final Cut and they're both just like, yeah, man. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And then they package it and ship it out and everyone else is forced to suffer. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Gary and the fist lickers. Anyway, um, <laughs> this didn't have any of those things. No. To be honest, it didn't have a character, even with one of the characters being a peep show artist i don't know what they're referred to as uh and you know most of it taking place in an adult bookstore and uh you know it being demons and all this kind of stuff involved it didn't it didn't have like an overly crass character i kind of thought the character of ray was going to be that way but he wasn't he was kind of a chill dude yeah um and, you know, it didn't have a lot of gross-out humor, gross-out horror, and the soundtrack rocked. Yeah. So, it was it was a really good, low-budget film. It, like, is, it is genuinely surprising that we had a low-budget film about a stripper, and it didn't feel exploitative. Yeah. 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 Wow. And that's it, that's know, actually really impressive. <laughs> I love Tim Seeley and Michael Marisi. I love their work. I think they've done some really cool stuff. Uh, Tim Seeley especially tends to lean more towards the campy. So, you know, low budget horror movies can be wonderful art pieces, but this one was clearly meant to be fun. It wasn't meant to be anything like expansive or like open your mind to new ideas. It was just a fun story. Yeah. And it was fun. It succeeded. It was a fun movie. Had a nice little moral yeah, and then you go about your day. A fun use of my time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as far as, like, it it had the hindrances that lower budget films are going to have, you know, in that can't do a lot of really big creature effects or effect work and has to focus mainly on, like, the character interactions and, like, the setting and sound and lighting. Stuff that you can easily pull off and post. Uh, but... It did well for what it had, you know? And props to this movie for not having another body-painted weirdo. Yeah. It I'm stood gonna, plenty yeah, on its own. And that's the funny thing about these lower-budget things is, like, you get into the big-budget movies and every, every ghost, monster, bad person is just some body-painted D-bag. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And doing like weird motions and you know body actors good job you're doing great work you're not the problem doug jones for instance does incredible work but also has done work where he's very 
made up and very, you know, lots of prosthetics and stuff. And that is creepy, you yeah. know? Yeah. If you just slather some grease paint on Doug Jones and are like, go, he'll still do it the best that he can, but he's going to be limited in that he's just a greasy Doug. <laughs> Poor Doug. <laughs> but then you get into these like indie movies, these like lower budget, you know, self-produced, like lower produced value, like lower production value kind of movies. And um, they're all going for it. Yeah. Like you just see them go, like creature effect time, practical effect time. And while, you know, sometimes it it's a win, sometimes it's less of a win. It's still always a win to me because at least they tried. I mean, you know? YouTubers and TikTokers are the same way. I mean, yeah. they've recently been really like some of the scariest stuff I've seen lately have been YouTube shorts yeah. that just freaking dedicate to that 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's It's just, you know. Get it together, bigger budget things. Yeah. I was talking to a friend recently about The Smile is coming out. And it's literally just a horror movie where people smile at you and then you die, I guess. I don't know. It looks like the laziest, this is what big budget, like mainstream horror is kind of example yeah. that I could possibly come out. It's The trailer is like a dude at a party or a funeral or something. There's people milling about. And he looks across the room and there's like a lady sitting there smiling at him. And then it like, that's, that's what you're supposed to be scared of. It's like, it's creepy because him. weird, big, creepy smiles give like mad uncanny valley, but also like, it's not a whole ass movie worth. Well, these aren't even like weird and creepy. It's just normal people smiling. Ew. I remember when I first heard about it, when I first saw like before I watched the trailer and I saw like the smile, I thought it was going to be about like that, like connected to that creepy pasta, the smiling man. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this could be cool. And you know, they, there was that truth or dare movie that came out a while back with, um, Lucy Hale. Yeah. In it. And I'm sorry. I'm ranting anyway. <laughs> um, And, you know, when they would get possessed by the spirit of truth or dare, I guess, who I'm going to call Cynthia, uh, when they get possessed <laughs> by Cynthia, they do like a weird, creepy smile. And it's like a photo edited, like it gets edited out and extended. Big time, yeah. And this is basically like that without... Editing? Editing. It's just people being like, I'm smiling at you and not blinking. And like, sure, fine, but is that it? Is that all? Look, no, no creatures at all. You're not even gonna give me a body painted weirdo. I'm gonna throw this out there. Mm. Everybody and their mamas throwing money at comic book creators to license their IPs and make movies and stuff off mm. of these comics and and, and books, right? Mm. Nothing's original anymore, right? Which I'm fine with. I need you guys to double down. And go into Reddit and just start giving people money for their damn creepy pastas because <laughs> yeah, right. I guarantee they're scarier than any of the crap that's getting put out by Hollywood right now. Anyway, Nintendo bin drowned game win right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, for being a low budget movie, I think it did really, really well. It yes, went, went for it with creature effects. It had some pretty fun creature effects. It had some fun action. The actresses in the lead roles did really, really well. Soundtrack was solid. Lighting was solid. It felt very 80s. 
Uh, I thought the characters had decent enough motivation and we did learn a good bit about them throughout the thing. Sure, it could have used more like imagery and could have used maybe more interesting sets because most of it was very contained. Uh, but, you know, working with what they had, I think they got a good product. And yeah, the comic, I'd watch it again. Yeah, and the comic accompaniment was actually pretty good. Yeah, it gave you some additional context. When I went in, I was like, "Oh, I know him. Oh, I know his. I know where he's coming yeah. from." Like that's the. It did a good job adding additional interest to the film that I, wasn't already added. I'd like to see Shutter do that more. To Agreed. be honest, not only would it be a good way to kind of lead people to your platform, it's also a cool, like you said, it was it was a neat bit of extra information yeah like we got some background information on some characters and the world as a whole and then there was one section it was like four different stories um and like three of them were prequels basically like lead-ups for the characters and one of them was at one point the two girls get separated the two women get separated and we follow mainly uh angie mm-hmm and Sally's kind of just off doing her own thing. Well, we get to see Sally's side yeah. of that experience in the comic. And that's just really neat. That's it's neat having little tie-in one-shots. It was that you really can, like, effective. read the book and then go watch the movie or watch the movie and then read the book. I actually would probably say watch the movie and then read the book. The book is a teensy spoilery um but not too too bad. Yeah, like I don't it, feel like it didn't it, ruin anything. Yeah, it I don't feel like it detracted anything. anything. It just spoils like a character moment, uh, which whatever. I don't care. Who cares? Anyway, it was good. You should, if you don't have Shutter, go get Shutter, even if it's for like a month, and watch this movie. It was good. And it was enjoyable. Tim Seeley and Michael Morisi write more things. Yeah. Tim Seeley. I need you to really push and sell Hackslash to somebody. Yes, please. I want a Hackslash, preferably series, preferably, preferably like an animated series. That would be badass. I was watching Invincible and I was like, Hackslash would look really cool in like an animated style. But just anything. Give me some maybe, Hackslash. Maybe sell it to Netflix so that they can combat HBO because HBO is having some issues right yeah, now. Yeah. I don't care who you sell it to. <laughs> Give me some hack slash, my guy. For I our want own, some live action hack slash. For our own mental health and security, maybe not HBO. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I would just avoid HBO. Yeah, I'd just stay away from... I would they're, choose they're... Peacock over HBO. <laughs> exactly. Paramount Plus over HBO. Yeah. Maybe Amazon. Amazon could be an Tubi option. over HBO. <laughs> anyway. Good movie. The Revealer. Check it out on Shutter. If you don't have Shutter, I can recommend it. There's a lot of content on there. Even if you only have it for like a month, there's some cool docu series. Yeah. Uh, there's some cool movies. There's some fun Nick Cage variety things on there. They have some cool classic stuff, uh, and they have this really cool feature that lets you. There's like three channels. Yeah. Uh, they have like live channels where they just kind of like roll through movies. So if you just need something on in the background. That's a cool thing to yeah, do, too. Yeah, it's a so, cool option. Uh, it's a cool service. I highly recommend uh, if you get, if you're interested, highly recommend checking it out. So, 
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want more Cover B, you can find it on CoverBPodcast.com. That's right. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CoverBPodcast. So thank you again. Uh, we hope everyone has a good weekend. Get out there and check out Revealer, either the comic and or the movie. Really cool combo this week. I'd like to see that happen more often. Agreed. And until next time, as always, I have been Chris. This has been T. It's true. And you have been listening to us rant on Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody.